Hi friends, after almost 11 years as a member of parliament, two and a half years as a minister and six elections, I've made the difficult decision to not run in the next election. Until then, I will continue to serve the constituents of Mississauga Centre as their member of parliament. As a result of this decision, I'm also stepping aside from my role as minister because the prime minister deserves a cabinet who is committed to running in the next federal campaign. That is Transportation Minister Omar El Gabra making the announcement that he's into the final hours of his tenure as Minister of Transportation, and he knows that he will be uh, leaving that portfolio tomorrow is the expectation. We'll see the cabinet shuffle. As I said, um, Public Services and Procurement Minister uh, Helena Jatsik announcing she won't be running. Um, also, Carolyn Bennett, Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, announced she's not running for re-election. So we know those three are going to be moved out of ministries and onto the back benches uh, as they await the next federal election. Some of the other bigger names are Melanie Jolie, Jibo, uh, Christian Freeland. It's believed that they're all going to remain in their posts. And of course, one portfolio that we'll be watching very closely is public safety. Um, Marco Mendocino has had a rough ride in that ministry. It's been a disaster. Uh, one crisis to another. So a lot coming down the pipe in Ottawa this week. We'll see what happens tomorrow uh, and who ends up where. Um, but in the meantime, it's kind of interesting to take a look because there's a lot of people that are affected when something like this happens beyond the ministers. There are hundreds of people that staff those offices and they're sort of waiting on tenter hooks right now too try and figure out what might happen. And we're going to get a little insider perspective on this. We're going to speak with Rachel Rappaport, a senior consultant with McMillan Vantage, who spent a lot of time in those offices. Rachel, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Shay. For like 10 years, right? Almost 10 years, you worked in different portfolios. I mean, you worked in justice, you worked, you were all over the place working in cabinet minister's offices, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I started uh, in opposition in a, in a member of Parliament's office and worked my way up uh, and ended up kind of leaving at the end as the Director of Communications to the Labour Minister. So take us inside the offices on Parliament Hill today. What's happening? We all know that this shift is coming. Of course they know. So So what's going on inside those offices today? Yeah, so absolutely. There's uh, a lot of people I can tell you that are refreshing their Twitter or I guess X, uh, feeds right now that are kind of keeping their eye on the news, seeing what's being reported. Uh, you know, it, it's it's an anxious time, uh, yeah. for, uh, as, as well as for ministers, obviously. Um, this seems like, uh, from the reports, this is going to be a big change uh, and a big kind of reset. Um, and so, you know, from a staff perspective, what happens is uh, if your minister is affected, uh, you're kind of sitting in a room, you're waiting, you're watching, uh, and then you get a pink slip. You get uh, a dismissal. Um, so that that's by convention. That's something that kind of every government does. Um, and it's a way to allow the new minister, whoever he or she may be, um, to choose their team. Uh, sometimes they retain the full team. Uh, sometimes they take certain people. Uh, and sometimes they want to do a full reset. So it just kind of gives the minister that ability to make those choices. Do you know if your minister is affected? This is all really hush-hush. I mean, we, we're getting leaks and we're getting these ministers announcing that they're not running for re-election. So we know about those ones. But the other minister, the, the, does the staff know? We know that the ministers are having one-on-ones with the prime minister this week. Do they tell the staff? When do you find out typically? 
Yeah, so the funny thing about this is, you know, when when you start hearing these speculation, when the rumor mill starts turning, everybody's talking except for the very few people who actually have the information of what's going on. Um, and that's that's a small tight group. Um, it's it's really important uh, that they that they kind of have the ability to lay the dominoes where they want them, um, and and not have anything leak that they don't want to leak. Um, so that means that even some of the most senior uh, members of ministers' teams um, aren't kept in the loop or are in the dark. Uh, you know, in my case, uh, I lived through several cabinet shuffles, um, and uh, both times I learned uh, that my boss would be affected um, by a CBC uh, news alert the night before. Um, so it's certainly uh, an anxious and stressful time um, for, for staff. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but, you know, it is a reality uh, of, of these jobs. You, you serve at the pleasure of the government of the day. It's it's an immense privilege, but but you do live with that job insecurity. And like you say, everybody gets fired the next day, uh, maybe temporarily. You may be asked to stay on eventually. You may have to find another job. I mean, so is there a lot of jockeying for position? Is there a lot of infighting? I mean, what do you do in a situation like that? Or do you say, hey, maybe this is a chance for me to go on to something new? Oh, no, absolutely. There's there's certainly a lot of opportunities that open up. Uh, you might kind of be at a position in your career where you're thinking, you know, I, I'd love a promotion or I've always wanted to work at foreign affairs. And those are the types of opportunities that could come up through a cabinet shuffle as everybody is moving around. Um, you also may be at a point in your career where you say, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing the exit ramps. They've been coming for a little while. Uh, maybe it's time to to try something new um, and to and to step back from politics. And um, certainly, you know that that was the case for me. I I had done as you as you mentioned at the, off the top, uh, nearly ten years in political circles. I had an incredible time doing it. I, I learned more than I think I ever could um, in kind of the ten years that I was there. But I also recognized that it was just the right time for me. Um, so that's that's certainly one of the options that's uh, that's on the table for people. Um, but but the fact is, you know, because there's so much movement of everybody going everywhere, it's really hard to know. Um, so so most of what uh, staff is going to hear in the next few weeks, even you know sometimes into months, is I just I don't know yet. Uh, it it depends on you know who comes in as director here. Um, and who might be the chief of staff there. Um, so oftentimes, um, especially for the junior and the younger staff who are just at starting out in their career, they, they have to wait a little while to figure out, you know, what's available and where they might go. They'll be the last to know, right? I mean, you're going to, like you say, chief of staff will be installed, press secretaries, all those people will be, in, and they'll sort of work from the higher positions down to ultimately those junior staffers you mentioned. Yeah, that's exactly it. You start at the top with your chief of staff and your director levels, and then you kind of move downwards. Um, so, so it can be a, an anxious time yeah. um, trying to figure out where do you fit. I, I don't know if you ever encountered this, but I'm sure there must be portfolios where you've got. I mean, because there, there's also the public sector that doesn't move, right? Like they're, they're sort of installed and they work for the bureaucracy, and they'll be there after all the shuffling is done. It doesn't really matter. It's the political staff that's in jeopardy here. But is there a time where it's sort of like, I can't wait till we get rid of this minister. This guy's been a disaster. We need somebody better in here. I mean, there must be some people that are really looking forward to this. I mean, listen, there's, there's, uh, we're all humans. Sure. Uh, 
at the end of the day, right? And and we all have our views on, on what's impacting our jobs. So, you know, I, I'm sure if you kind of listen at the ear of some of the uh, deputy minister's offices, maybe you'd hear, you'd hear a few things going on. But ultimately, you're, you're right in saying that if the public service is prepared in the event, yeah. in possibility um that they that they get somebody new uh they prepare briefing notes um kind of all over uh, and as soon as they have some some certainty of who the new minister is they book those those introductions with the deputy minister with the key staff um and and for most public servants i mean life life kind of goes back to normal um you'd be surprised at how quickly nameplates actually come in things are <laughs> things are changed within within hours uh while kind of the, the the rest of the staff are still sitting in the boardroom looking around and wondering what what do I is that my office still where do I go next yeah what a time what a time it's fascinating Rachel thank you so much for giving us a little inside look at what's happening uh, in Ottawa today fascinating stuff thank you